0: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. And uh, today we are going back in time to episode number three, where we talked about Tycho's 2011 record, Dive. You see what had happened was, here's the thing. Q and I recorded an episode on an electronic producer that goes by Hiatus and his 2013 record Parklands, but overall we just decided that the episode wasn't up to up to our standards. I guess we we weren't happy with it, and to be honest with you, the record I don't know it just didn't belong. It didn't belong in our stint of electronic episodes that we're trying to keep to uh, for the month of February. And we had name-dropped the Tycho episode a couple times the last few episodes as well. And honestly, we've talked about this episode quite a bit. We reference it all the time. So, and, and and like I said, this is episode number three. So a lot of you probably haven't gone back this far enough and may never go back this far enough in our, our back catalog. If you listen to us on the Pantheon Podcast Network, this episode isn't even in the feed. So uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to... to Bring it back to life, resurrect it a little bit. Uh, the episode still holds up. Um, you can tell that we're a little a little green. You know, this is like I said, a third episode, so we were still trying to figure things out. But overall, the content is is, is pretty solid. The music is great. Tycho is one of the great um, ambient, chill wave, IDM musicians of all time, and this record is. Pretty solid. All right, so without further ado, here is our episode on Tycho and his 2011 record, Dive. And welcome to No Filler, a music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Travis, and with me as always is my brother Quentin. Q, how's it it going up there in Seattle? Or should I say Rinton? It's Renton. Renton, you say? Renton, Washington.
1: Yeah, it's all right. We're approaching the super long winter nights where the sun sets at like 4.30. Still not used to it. Lived up here for three years. It's still bizarre.
0: So it gets dark at like 5?
1: At The earliest that, it, that the sun sets is 4.30, so it will be dark by then. And then when you wake up, it's still dark.
0: Yeah, see, that's that's different. Because, like, it gets dark in Texas around 5.30-ish. The sun starts to set, but, like, the sun is 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 shining bright by the time I wake up at, you know, 8. Yeah. Yep. But you wake up a little bit earlier than you than me, don't I? What? <laughs> Scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> Scratch that.
1: No, I wake up around, uh, around like, 7.30 or so. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But guess what? Two-hour time difference, bro.
0: Mm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um okay. So, today we are talking about Tycho's second studio album, Dive. And uh I think it's safe to say that Tycho is one of my favorite electronic musicians. Definitely my favorite um uh, ambient chill wave musician that's what he is sometimes classified as and I think you would say the same right you
1: ambient chill wave yeah
0: well as far as him being one of your favorite oh, electronic musicians
1: absolutely yeah the, especially yeah in in this category of electronic music
0: yeah absolutely I mean I think there I think there are a lot of a lot of musicians out there that that have his sound like the, the fall under that category, but like he's, right. he, he does it uh better than anyone. I think.
1: I, I think so too. I, what I like about his music is just how seamlessly or how flawlessly he combines elements of electronic and uh analog, analog yeah, you know, or acoustic yep. instruments. He does it so well. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that.
0: We're going to dive into the whole the whole thing here. But first... We're going to dive into dive. We're going to dive into dive. Yeah. Yeah. But before we dive, before before we climb up on that diving board.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you, would you say that we're going to dive head first?
0: Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But yeah, we are.
1: But would you say that? Sure. I would say that.
0: Uh, you know, maybe we should also say that this is our second time recording this episode, Q. Now, why is that? Don't spill the beans, Why brother. is that, Q? I want you to tell me why.
1: All right. I'll share. So, I'm the one that pieces together the podcasts. After we record them, I listen back, make sure all the levels are right, and, and you know, take out the parts where we both sound like a-holes. <laughs> and <laughs> and this
0: one <laughs> go ahead go ahead keep going yeah
1: this episode um it's a it was a real snooze fest the one that we recorded a couple nights ago yeah
0: well no see and that, by nights i mean yeah in the morning exactly. that was the mistake we're not going to record in the morning anymore we've learned from our mistakes i'm i've always yeah, been i set,
1: i sat down with my cup of joe well and then we press record the irony so the caffeine didn't didn't do its job yet.
0: The, the, and, yeah, yeah. the irony here is that I have a cup of coffee that I'm working on right now because I always drink coffee at night. Um, say what you will about that. I'm not but,
1: saying a damn thing, brother.
0: But yeah, uh, you got a brewski that you're working on. I've got my Joe that I'm working on. Uh, I've always been more of a night owl. So, you know, we're going to bring the energy here. Uh, you know
1: why you're a night owl, brother? Why? Because you drink coffee at night.
0: No, dude. Coffee doesn't affect me like that. Okay, trust me on that. All right. All right. So that was a roundabout way of getting to our, our um. What, what was the term I used? House uh, house cleaning, housekeeping. We got to do some housekeeping here. What kind of housekeeping, Travis? Uh,
1: what kind of what kind of housekeeping, Travis?
0: I got a new segment for you. It's going to be called. Don't judge me. Or don't don't judge us. Um, basically, if we said something that was incorrect in the previous episode, I want to take a moment to correct it in the beginning of the next episode. Uh, you know, just so we don't misinform our listeners, and you know, because you know, why would you? It's want good to, to, to own, own up it? to your mistake. Yeah, get to own up to it and. Um, if I say, dude, if I say something like the mistakes I'm calling out here were just like miss, I misspoke. You know what I mean? But like, if I say something that's wrong and a listener tells me otherwise, like, that's great, man. That's, oh, yeah, what that's I great. Want. We need that. I want to learn. And, and, um, you know, especially on, on things that, that when it comes to, to music, you know?
1: Yeah. We're new to this, everyone. Okay. We're just yeah. stepping out into the podcasting world. We're learning some things, all right? Just got the training
0: wheels. Fixed. We don't have our land onto legs. Onto our bikes. We don't have our land legs yet. Yeah. So, two two uh, retractions that I want to make. Number one. Um, Just one. We list... No, we, well, we got... I got two here. The first one being... We listed off, like, this five-pack. This five-pack of grunge bands that were, like, the quintessential grunge albums to listen to. And, you know, we said that all of these bands were from Seattle. That was incorrect. Stone Temple Pilots, one of the bands we mentioned, is from San Diego, California, not Seattle. So... Yeah, I there feel... you go. I feel the there shame. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You I You should have caught that. Yeah. Second mistake.
1: So, but hey, don't judge us, you know? We make exactly. mistakes
0: don't, sometimes. We're humans. Don't judge me. You know, I wasn't even... I th- I think I, I was relatively sure that, that the other four were from Seattle, and I just kind of assumed that Stone Temple Pilots must be from Seattle also, but uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, second retraction. Our outro track was Black Sabbath, Into the Void, and I mistakenly said that that, that song was widely considered to be the spawn of doom metal, which is a, a sort of a newer genre. Uh, what I meant to say, of course, is that that song spawned doom metal. So,
1: yeah, that's just, that's just, you just misspoke, man.
0: Exactly. But you know what? I want to set the record straight. So that track is considered to be sort of like, you know, the inspiration for, for that more slow melodic, uh, doom metal that's kind of caught on recently. So anyway, that's that. Housekeeping aside, let's move on to uh, a more beloved segment. Q, our weekly, uh, what you heard. Well, so what, what you've been you been listening heard. to? What you heard? So, in other words, came?
1: what else have we been listening to? Because I'm not going to mention the band that I mentioned two days ago, even though no one's well, going to hear that. What,
0: do, why don't you name drop them though? Just to have it out there. So, the first time I recorded this, you you mentioned a band called Sunflower Bean. Sunflower That's not Bean. Be your pick for this recording. But we should put them out there just so they can get some exposure. Because I
1: yeah, Sunflower Bean is really great.
0: Yeah, since we recorded that, I went through and listened to um, to, to their full length album, and I, f- I fell, fell in love with it instantly. So yeah, dude, let's put that out there. There's something but about yeah, it. so yeah, it's yeah. Great. So Sunflower really Bean,
1: uh, and now that I can now I've thought about it a little bit more, I'd say they're yeah. the perfect mix of like, Slater Kenny punk, with f- like Fleetwood Mac vibes.
0: Yeah, that's interesting cuz like there are moments especially uh, the 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 male vocalist like he'll, yeah, he'll be he'll be screaming kind of kind of punk rockish, you know.
1: Well, if you know Slater Kinney, that's a that's an all-girl punk band uh from Olympia. Um and yeah, they have I've those heard, moments. Yeah, I've
0: heard of them. Yeah. Um so anyway,
1: they're great. Yeah, so their their full-length album it came out last year, it's called Human Ceremony. Definitely check it out. It's Dude, it's, it's, it's worth at least two listens.
0: Yeah, it's solid all the way through. So
1: yeah. So, but I'll say so. Another band that that I've been listening to a lot this week. Uh, What's a band that that we listened to quite a bit? Well, a few years yeah, our ago. Our Yeah,
0: I'm not supposed to know. Sorry.
1: <laughs> what? No, you don't know this, dude. You don't know what I'm gonna say.
0: I saw it on your screen, man.
1: Stop looking at my screen.
0: But you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. So they go by Mister Twin Sister now. They used to be called Twin Sister. It's a band out of New York. They've been around since like two thousand eight or so. Um, they're just they're just another one of those dreamy garage pop bands. Because god damn it, if I'm not on a binge of this style of music, I've been listening but to a lot of bands like this.
0: There's something there. there there's something special though, dude. They're like, yeah, they're, they're a cut above. I, th- I think they're one of my favorite acts to come out in the last ten years for sure.
1: And that goes the last, for their yeah. their show too. That was such oh, a great yeah. man I mean that show so they weren't even the headliners for that show. Don't mention the band that were headlining. <laughs> but they blew them out of the water, dude.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they are uh, they're they're the real deal for sure. But yeah, this is this Q, this is scary. You know why? No. Because I listened to Um I I was listening to Twin Sister yesterday. It's almost like we're twin brothers. I mean, seriously though, like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't mention twin sister in the last, in the last recording of this, did we?
1: No, I haven't talked about twin sister with you
0: in a long time. So.
1: It's almost like
0: we're twin brothers. A a couple of, a couple of twin brothers were listening to twin sister yesterday. That sounds like the start of like a bad joke or something. (laughs) Yeah. But it's true. I was, I was listening to, um, to. To their Mr. Twin Sister self-titled album.
1: I actually haven't listened uh, to that. Is it good?
0: You Hold on a minute. You've no. you've never listened to it? Nope. <laughs> Are you no. serious right now? Dead serious. Oh, my God. You've got to listen to it, man. Your what you heard uh, is kind of turning into me telling you to listen to something.
1: Yeah, but I'm about to tell you what what, what Jeff heard. Which was, uh, well, I, I listened, I, I revisited their EP from, oh shit, I don't remember when this came out.
0: 2010, 2010. 2010,
1: thanks right bro. Yeah. Uh, it's called Color Your Life and this was before they changed their name to Mr. Twin Sister. Yeah. Uh, it's a six track EP and we also decided that we're going to just, we're going to play a small clip from these artists that we've been listening to lately. Um. I'm going to play track two from color your life. It's called lady daydream. And I, I love this song so much.
0: Yeah, it's good, man. It's solid. That's probably my favorite off the, off the record as well.
1: And you know what? I'm going to say they're, they're in the same vein as sunflower beam.
0: Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, especially on their, their second album in heaven.
1: It's that. Um, And this was another one of the, it was another one of those trends that had surfaced over the last several years where there's almost like two lead, like front men, front women. It's a, it's a male, female duo uh, where a lot of time it's like a duet, but a lot of times they, they bounce back and forth with their singing. Yeah. Lady Daydream does that. (laughs) Lady Daydream. Twin Sister does that. Sunflower Bean does that a lot. And they do it really, really well. Um, Especially, and I should mention this again. uh, Sunflower Beans just released a new single called I Was a Fool. And it's fantastic. And they they do that really well in that song. Anyways, here is just a little bit of Lady Daydream by Mr. Twin Sister. good, man. They had such a great presence on
0: stage. Yes. Like I said, they're the real deal, dude. As far as their musicianship, their songwriting, that's your homework for this week. You gotta listen to Mr. Twin Sister, the self-titled album. It is different, dude. And, like, the first track, Sensitive, to me, has a bass line and just an overall, like, melody kind of vibe as, like, a Shadé and a like a Gino Vanelli and a Sade track put together what yes it is awesome dude
1: now my interest levels they're getting peaked <laughs> question for you bro do you know why they changed their name
0: uh yeah I do are you asking me because you don't know yeah I don't know uh well did you? So I read an article on this. I was going to save all of this for when, when, whenever we get around to doing an episode on them because we will.
1: Oh, we're going to do an episode on Twin Sister.
0: Sure, man, and probably probably on on, on this Mister Twin Sister album. All right then, because there's yeah, there's an interesting story on um, on what happened to them.
1: Okay, so then, Travis, what you heard this week, brother?
0: All right, well i'm i'm gonna go yeah with,
1: well hang on dude can i just guess what you're gonna say
0: yeah are
1: you gonna say clientele
0: yes you are yeah you're correct how uh, did i know because you know i'm i'm sticking with it um because i i got the, the the record showed up yesterday so i just listened to it all the way through um how is it and i just it's great man yeah um if you're not familiar with them, they're this uh I guess they're 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 kind of classified as psychedelic, but it's not it's not psychedelic in the sense of like a team Impala or you know, the temple or yeah, or um Unknown Mortal Orchestra, right? It's not like that psychedelic. Um I would put them in
2: the
1: 60s pop yes zombies kind of
0: yeah yeah Uh, but but yeah like peter bjorn and john yeah maybe that's just because he sings with an english accent
1: well it's more than that
0: yeah yeah you're right um but anyway this new album it's called music for the age of miracles uh came out a couple months back um again like his his guitar playing is really kind of unique um it's got a lot of a lot of tremolo which you don't hear used very often but he does it it's almost like his signature and it's you know i don't know if if there's much of that on this new album but on their 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 kind of their second their their big release that they had was strange geometry came out um well, when did it come out? came out in two thousand five, which is probably around the time that we saw them, two thousand five, which is crazy. I never
1: saw them. Thanks for okay, inserting
0: well, uh, me into your memory, dude. Sorry, dude. I just figured yeah. that you would have been there. that was uh I saw them open for Spoon. Um, that was a great show. So yeah, the clientele he's got he also has a very unique voice. It's kind of breathy
1: yeah and that's a good way to the, describe it,
0: yeah the songs are kind of dreamy. I wouldn't call them dream dream pop or whatever, but there's just a certain quality about the way he writes songs and um and I was happy to hear that
1: here's the way that i here's how I describe clientele, okay. if I'm walking through a museum, maybe a modern art museum, and I got okay. some earbuds,
0: clientele. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I can hear that. Um, And what's funny is most of their album art features fine art on it, Q. Get the fuck so out of here, dude. I'm not messing with you.
1: Get out of here.
0: No, I ain't lying. Are you serious? No, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not messing with you. <laughs> uh, awesome. Or, yeah. So anyway, my song that we're going to play... It's called Everything You See Tonight Is Different From Itself.
1: Like that a lot. That was really cool.
0: Yeah, so you know, kind of, um, Bell and Sebastian a little bit. They got kind of that vibe going on. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, I think it's about time we talk about Tycho. I agree. So yeah, uh, I guess just real quick, those songs will be mentioned on the uh, track list on the show notes page for this episode on our website, com, and they will make their way onto the Spotify playlist that we compile for this podcast. Um, you can see that as well on, on the website. So, all right. So let's, let's talk about Tycho. Um, and I think before we talk about the album, we need to talk about the man behind Tycho, uh, Scott Hansen.
1: The myth the legend but yeah
0: really so scott hansen is is taiko um it started out as what he called he, he called it a laptop project um right just more like a hobby because he already had yeah, a career so, as a yeah, so he has a graphic designer so scott hansen is and still is a very talented graphic designer uh, he had, you know, some some pretty big clients that he was working on. Like he did some stuff for Adobe, and um, he does all of the graphic art for his his concert posters, his album artwork, the visuals that you see if you see him live. It's all him. Like he does all of it. So, you know, I think that's pretty special. Has, yeah, it, it's it makes him pretty unique. Yeah, yeah, and sure. I think
1: that adds a whole other level to his live performances cuz you're you're everything that you're witnessing is all Scott Hansen.
0: Yeah, it's all his cre- creation. So it's all very cohesive and like everything's done with like a purpose behind it as far as like his brand, you know, if, as it were. But yeah, because he was trained in in graphic design and like branding and stuff like, you know. It brings it all to to the Tycho project, which is really he even talks about... He approaches music like he approaches art and visuals, you know. So Yeah. Anyway, um, so the the origin story, as it were, for Tycho is that he had gotten in some sort of an accident and was stuck at home. Um, take, he took like a leave of absence to recover from his job. And so he was basically at home recovering. And during that time, he you know, started to focus more on this little side project, the music project. And, you know, I gave him enough time to, like, seriously sit down and try to, try to, you know, make some music. And it's then that he realizes that, oh, I can actually compose, you know, full-length songs here. So he put together some songs, released an EP. It was called The Science of Patterns. And, uh, you know, that was really the moment when he was like, hey, I can actually make something out of this you know and so yes
1: and let's mention that this was this was 15 years ago at least when he started doing this stuff because science of patterns came out in 2002 and i haven't actually listened to any of the music from that have you
0: i it's been easily accessible it's not on spotify but you can find it um
1: i'm curious yeah i was looking
0: at i was looking at the track list um like a couple days ago and yeah, I, I remember listening to all that stuff. Um, I recognize the I album cover I, too. Yeah, and of course you're you're looking at a, um, a Scott Hansen piece of graphic art there when you look at that cover. I yeah, like Human Condition, Dream is Memory.
1: I've de- yeah, I don't know any of this. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I I I remember listening to it, but it's uh, I couldn't tell you how they sound. It's been years. So but this was it's 15 to, years
1: ago. This was definitely just Scott Hansen with a laptop oh, yeah. and like a digital audio software program.
0: Yeah, pro- probably just a laptop and maybe like a midi keyboard or something. Yeah. But uh Yeah, so he you know, the laptop project um era of Tycho. Uh I think lasted through um the release of Past His Prologue, which was his first major release came out in 2006. Uh that's when I was probably introduced to them, to him and his music. And um, and then in between Passes Prologue and Dive, uh, there's about a five-year gap there. And um, he spent that whole time working uh, on on bits and pieces of Dive. Uh, he even said so that this was, you know, this album took six years to make. And after, I think Dive was the first the first album where he, it was his full-time gig, you know what I mean? As far as, like, yeah, he went into it with the full intention of, like, I'm going to turn this into my full-time job. The graphic design will just be a side thing now, so.
1: And that's a huge leap to take, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: You always hear the whole starving artist thing. I mean, right. absolutely. That's, you you're really taking a risk if you're going to, devote your life to making music or making art of some kind. um, Right. That's a huge risk.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, anyway, let's talk about his sound. Uh, You've got an interview where he kind of describes his approach to his digital effects, right?
1: So yeah, he's got a really unique sound. Um, There's there's almost no mistaking a Tycho song. Um, it's this warmth and texture that he he creates. Um, to him, the way that he describes it, and I'm pulling this from a an interview that he did uh, on Sound Toys, which is a website that, uh, it's like a website for gear nerds, for music gear nerds. And uh, he said that a lot of, the way he approaches music, he likes to, he likes to make music similar to the kind of music that he grew up listening to, and I think this would be a good time to mention the uh, genre or subcategory of like electronic pop music that he kind of falls into. It's it's a term I hadn't heard before, and I thought it was pretty interesting. The definition of it it's a it's a term called. <laughs> Hypnagogic pop.
2: Uh,
0: Hypnagogic pop.
1: Hypnagogic pop, also known as chill wave or glow-fi, another term I hadn't heard before.
0: So those are both, they both fall under the umbrella?
1: Yep. And this is a 21st century style of pop music or general musical approach, which explores elements of cultural memory and nostalgia by drawing on the music popular entertainment and recording technology of past decades, particularly the 1980s.
0: That's Tycho. Yeah, so I, I always think it's interesting what, like what makes something, what makes music nostalgic? What makes brand new music like feel nostalgic? You know what I mean? Because right, obviously if you, for me, if I'm, if I play a video game that I played as a kid, that's nostalgia, right? Yeah. But if And I then listen if you go back and listen song,
1: to the soundtrack from that video yeah, game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, dude. No, and and that's another thing. Nothing, to, to me at least, nothing brings me back to a time period uh, or to a specific moment in my life like music does. I yeah. can't hear, I can't hear one, two, three by Gloria Estefan without thinking of being in our den from the, our childhood home watching that concert that on the VHS that dad recorded of, of the Gloria right, Estefan that
1: recorded concert. from TV concert yeah, yeah
0: whatever it was yeah uh, but and same with like so, you know Sonic the Hedgehog same
1: of the State by Blink-182 yeah
0: I was listening to that earlier this week too dude get
1: out of here
0: um, yeah because I'm I'm getting excited and preparing for the eventual episode that we do on Blink-182. But anyway, nothing brings me back to a moment in time like like music does. So when I listen to Tycho, a brand new Tycho song that I've never heard before, I feel the same feeling. You know what I mean? But it's not like I heard that song when I was five, you know?
1: It's interesting how he can do that because... that's
0: That's the hypnagogic yeah term that you're talking about where it's like it's bits and pieces from did you did you say the the cultural memory
1: yeah yeah the cultural memory and nostalgia
0: it's interesting because you know although we 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 may have all had different experiences that that we associate with that sound whatever that particular sound is like it makes us nostalgic because it's not, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a retro sound, but it's, um, it's brand new, you know? So, so yeah. So he falls under the hypnagogic uh, nostalgia, um, I guess, subcategory of electronic music. Chill wave is a good word to use, but he also uses a lot of, Kind of down tempo, like his beats. I would say are more down tempo than anything. Like he does a really good job with with the drum beats that he uses in his songs, which I think are a huge part of what what makes his music stand out. You know, yeah, because he does a great job with 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 the with the beats, the drumming. So
1: yeah. So hey, before we talk more about Scott Hansen and his sound and all that, let's go ahead and play a track, shall we? So that, yeah, that sounds good. So that everyone can hear kind of what we're talking about here
0: all so, right so the first track that we're going to play is called hours and it's track number two um and we've got two clips uh, i think the first one is just kind of the, the beginning of the song so how yeah. do you play that cue yeah
1: yep yeah. so okay so here's here's clip number one this is track number two it's called Ours, hours h-o-u-r-s If there was a Tycho 101 course that you could take at like a community college that's the song they would play
0: <laughs> yeah you're right uh, it's it's like the, it's yeah, the that signature. sums up his
1: sound yes the vibes that he's going for that sums it up right there
0: yeah and and um yeah that's that's that sound that main riff I guess that's that's being played that that is the Tycho sound that he's you know cultivated because i don't think we mentioned it yet but there's that you know he mentioned in an interview that that um he treats his effects like instruments in other words like yeah. once he tweaks do we want to play the clip or do we yeah, want just dude, let's play that right clip here? man all right yeah let's let's let let's let mr scott hansen tell us about uh, how he approaches effects
1: yeah so here's a here's a clip from an interview from that that same website, that same publication called Sound Toys. Uh, and this is regarding the fact that he literally has a limitless amount of effects and ways to approach making music with these digital audio programs. And the way that he approaches that. Um, yeah, so here it is.
2: I think, yeah, it was a problem at one point. I think I was in this mode of just like, I have to try everything. And. And slowly, I found a set of uh, of tools that that I was really comfortable with, and and I realized, you know, if there's any, even if there's some subtle difference, or, or even if something I know is superior um, in some small way, I I'll, I'll just stick with what I what I have because I I feel like there is something to being limited, and and I, I think when I started out, there weren't any of these options. I didn't even, you know, I started out just using hardware, and uh, and I think. There was something about that 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 I missed, and and so these days I try to like just say you know pretend like this is real gear, all the, my favorite software. Pretend like that's a piece of hardware that I own, and that's what I have, and that's what I'm gonna gonna use. And I try to try to keep it pretty tight. But that being said, I, I'm always it's you know always looking for new stuff. If if somebody's coming out with with something interesting that that does something better or or improves the workflow.
1: Yeah, I love that. It really is true um, for me as a drummer too. Sometimes I'll purposely remove a piece from my kit to force myself to be more creative. And this is, I think that's what he's, kind of part of what he's saying here. He'll purposely limit himself and treat these effects like they're physical instruments that he owns. uh, So that, yeah, so that there's not limitless possibilities. And it it does force you to be more creative.
0: Yeah, well kind of in the same, along the same vein. Um, Q, have you seen the documentary? It might get loud.
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: What, is, what? So, so it's, it's Jack white of white stripes. Oh, Jimmy Page. does the first, the first
1: Zeppelin. scene, is that uh, like he, he's sitting down with fucking edge from YouTube.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's the, it's edge from YouTube, YouTube <laughs> <laughs> Edge from YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page from Zeppelin and Jack White from White Stripes, uh, they basically get in a room and talk about their approach to guitar playing, their history, and then they do co- these jam sessions. He talks about so Jack White is famous for playing that plastic red guitar that he got out of a Macy's, the J.C.
1: Penny guitar, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right, J.C. Penny or Macy's catalog. Or Sears anyway, or he talks about how like he, you know, he he doesn't want to buy a new guitar because with this instrument it's like a struggle you know and he likes the struggle of having to fight it that's what he said you know you gotta fight it to make it sound the way you want it to sound you know what i mean and it contributes to the to his sound you know especially white stripes the gritty you know blues rock that he does so well
1: yeah, he does it better than anyone alive right now. If I he think.
0: were to switch guitars, I, I don't think Elephant or some of those other albums would have sounded the same. Absolutely, they wouldn't have. So anyway, no. to tie it back to Tycho, I think that's cool that he that he does that, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, if he like he said, you know, even if this new piece of software or whatever uh, is superior, it, it might be superior, but it, it would probably sound different. It probably wouldn't be the Tycho... The signature Tycho sound, you know what I mean, right, like the imperfections that might come from whatever piece of software he's currently using it that's what makes the yeah Tycho he had sound. said it, so
1: he sick. had said in another interview that the effect that he applies on his bass lines it's the exact same effect he's used for years, and he doesn't mess with it at all, yeah,
0: I mean that's that that that's why his music has sounded so consistent for years, so. We should play the second clip because we do have a second clip from that song. And um, there's something really cool that happens in this clip. It's kind of a, it almost is like a tempo change, maybe a little bit. The, the drums, there's a few more layers that get added to the, to the drum track that it's really cool. It's kind of a cascading type thing going on. So anyway, let's play that. This is the second, another clip from ours, track number two, on Dive. So he just does a great job with with the drums, man. I, I love it. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. That whole clip, that's just ear candy, man.
0: You know? Did you say it's irritating?
1: No, no. Ear candy.
0: Ear candy. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's it's just, definitely it's just delightful. Yeah. It's just great. It's great. Um And again, like you mentioned earlier, like if we were to play a, um if you were to to take a Taiko One Hundred and One, like this, this would be like. Lesson number one. Yeah. Day one of the class. like Day he one. Play, here's the he Tycho sound.
1: One. Yeah. Get familiar with it.
0: Yeah. So anyway. Um,
1: so let's also mention now that for this album, this is the first time you started working with some outside musicians.
0: Yes. Specifically a guitar player by the name of Zach Brown.
1: Yeah. Um, he started working with him during the recording process. And then after that, for for that tour, for the tour for Dive, he toured with Zac Brown, and then he brought in drummer Rory O'Connor uh, to play live drums for him for this tour. And I feel like there might be some conflicting um, facts, or maybe we just haven't read it correctly, but I'm not 100% sure... If he actually sat down in the studio with Scott and Zach to make this album or not but he toured with them for this album and since then now they're they're basically a trio it's a three-piece band it's Scott Hansen Zach Brown and Rory O'Connor that's essentially Tycho now um, yeah
0: so so 2011 dive comes out. 2014, I believe they recorded as the trio. Uh, that, was, that was Awake, came out in 2014. And then he had a, a release in 2016 called Epoch. Uh, and I think they approached that album, that was the first album where it was less about the effects and more about the instrumentation
1: even more so than awake.
0: Yeah. Because so, anyway. yeah,
1: cuz cuz Scott mentions in an, a little interview segment during a KEXP, which is it's a public radio station up here in Seattle. It's an awesome public radio station. Uh really good music. I think
0: everybody knows about KEXP, man. I knew about Probably. that before. Probably. Before you moved up to Washington.
1: Yeah, but there's a great Tycho performance that they did in 2014 on KEXP and they interviewed them in between songs. And he said that for the album Awake, after, you know, touring with these guys and working with Zach, they wanted to kind of capture the sound that they were made on, on the road. They wanted to capture that on record. So Awake was the first record that they did as a band. Um, yeah. And since then, yeah. I think it's- since then he doesn't even really consider Tycho just, you know, just him anymore.
0: Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's also like a process of like discovery for Scott because, for a dive, that's the first time he started to incorporate a guitar, like an actual guitar, in his yeah. music. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just you know, it's kind of interesting. He's going from his laptop project to like trying to like tying in all these live instruments and and and, and putting it into like the Tycho sound. You know what I mean?
1: And it works cool so because, well, man. It works so yeah, well. like
0: like it really is. Um, an evolution of like, of, of the Tycho sound. Um, And, but, but at the same time, it, it all sounds so cohesive, you know, but yeah, yeah, so it's cool. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the final pick. We're only going with two tracks today, but um, this song, uh, it's called a drift. It's track number eight you may have recognized the song separate from dive if you're a tycho fan uh that is because it was released as a single um it's interesting so so this is no filler we try not to talk about singles uh album singles we try to talk about the uh the more obscure tracks in between the singles so this is kind of weird because it came out, it was released in 2008 as a single to the Pastis Prologue era of Tycho. And it was the A side to a single that had From Home on it uh, as the B side. And From Home is track one of Pastis Prologue, but Adrift is not on Pastis Prologue. So usually with singles, you know, the B side is the track that that perhaps didn't show up on the record, while the A side is is either a single or or some other track off the record. So it's kind of weird that how that worked out. But
1: yeah, it's weird that he didn't that Adrift didn't show up on Past His Prologue.
0: So he must have he must have written it after after Past His Prologue came out. Yeah. You know right. what I mean?
1: Yeah, that must have been it. Yeah. So this single must have come out after Past Prologue.
0: Right, but but like it, it's credited as a Past Prologue single on Wikipedia.
1: Right, right, right. So and I had asked you this earlier. Um because I was curious to know if he just completely re recorded, like revisited Adrift in two thousand eleven when he made Dive and re recorded it you know, like with the help of Zach and maybe Rory to kind of change it up a little bit. But what, from what you're telling me, cause you've actually listened to this 2008 single.
0: Yeah. I, it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing Adrift um, on the single bef- way before Dive came out. Yeah. And then I was, it, you know, it was cool to see that he threw it on there and yeah, it's the same song. It's not, it, it wasn't And you know, um, he mentions in an interview that he de- that he did with um this website called ear milk there 's actually quite a bit of of info that we 've kind of skipped over this time around Q. that 's all right but he 's saying that um on ear milk they asked him how long did this album take you to make uh He says that um the dive took six years to make uh basically as he describes it. He was just kind of screwing around making Dive uh, at first since he had another job, so he wasn't committed. Um, he spent a year at the end really dedicated to putting it all together. And he goes on to say that Adrift is the oldest track on the record as far as like when he wrote it, when he recorded it, and Elegy is the last song that he wrote. So anyway... Which is also the last also,
1: song on the, on the record. Yeah, the
0: last song. So it's kind of interesting... When you listen to Dive, you're listening to like six years of of Tycho Scott music on yeah, on an album. And Adrift came out and he wrote and, and recorded Adrift uh in the era of past prologue as far as like this was still just a laptop project for him. So I think
1: it I, I mean, I think the song fits so well with the rest of Dive.
0: Yeah. Um and
1: Let's play it. This let's is, play it. so we got a couple of clips. Yeah. Let's go ahead and play it so they can hear what the fuck we're talking about, dude.
0: So let's play it, but I'm just going to preface it by saying that this is my all-time favorite Taiko track. Um
1: And that's significant, dude.
0: Yeah, it is. So that's let's let's something. just play it and then, and then I'll I'll gush over it.
1: So I think this song showcases the way he approaches drum beats and the way he puts them together in his songs. Because I love how in that intro you hear this drum beat, and it sounds like it's being played in another room or or like being played underwater or something. You know, it's it's like it's it sounds far off. Yes and then when the song comes in in full force or whatever like a minute in or however long there's a whole different drum beat placed on top of that one and that one continues to play in the background and those two drum beats together make a whole other beat and it just works so well and I just love it
0: yeah it's great um and that's interesting that you talked about the how it sounds like it's in a, in another room. Cause like, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of his, his, his sound, it sounds like it's filtered through something. Right. Right. And uh, there's an interview that, or a lecture that he gave at the Academy of art um, where he's got this Q and a session uh, and somebody asked him like, Hey, can you describe now? This is about, he's, he's talking about his graphic design. Like this is, he's not talking about Tycho.
1: Right, so this was a lecture, uh, this was a graphic design lecture.
0: Yeah, exactly. So somebody asked him about uh, how he approaches color, and uh, he talks about how whenever you're seeing, if you're seeing like red or something like that on one of his pieces, you're not, you're not seeing red, as it were, you're seeing red coming through uh, like a color burn. Uh, on multiply mode in Photoshop.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, and we'll post a picture of this on and uh, in, in the show notes for this episode. Just take a look at his album art for the Science of Patterns. Yeah, that's red, but it's not like it's not red. There's something different about it.
0: Well, he uses a ton of layers, uh, adjustment layers, and overlays, and and all that kind of stuff to to, to get. But but no, it's along the same vein as like filtered, like everything is is like it looks like not. I don't want to say weathered, but like
1: no, yeah, that gently,
0: I like that. gently worn, maybe gently used. Yeah, uh, but Dude,
1: you're describing you're describing the Tycho sound, man.
0: Yeah, that's and this is it goes back to what I'm saying. Like everything he does, he approaches it like he's got a he's got a, a like these this look. That he's that this vibe that he's putting out, it's just it, it's him as an artist. That's why you see it in his in his graphic art and you hear it in his music. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, I think that weathered that's
1: kind of, nostalgic vibe.
0: Yes, exactly. So anyway, so as I was saying earlier, this is one of my favorite Tycho songs of all time. uh I think the 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 drum beat. I I, I love that drum beat, dude. It's 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 down tempo. Uh. And like, as you were saying, it's got that interesting like.
1: It, it dude, it's a it's layered two different drum, drum, beats, drum
0: basically. Yeah. It's la- yeah. It's a layered. You would beat.
1: have to have but, two drummers to pull this right. off. To pull this drum beat off. Um. Right. Yeah. Uh. So clip number two. And this is so. so this is your favorite Taiko song.
0: Yeah, so clip let me, number let me two l-
1: takes those takes that drum beat away.
0: Yeah, let me let me tee this up here. Go Q. for it. Because this is not only is this my favorite Tycho song, but what you're going to hear in this next Tycho clip, <laughs> this next clip from from Adrift is my favorite moment in any Tycho song. Um so like he said, the drums are taken away. Basically this is the bridge. And if you're a fan of down tempo or IDM, intelligent dance music, it's you know electric electronic music in general. It's all about layers, right? And if it, to me, the difference between a good down tempo song and just a generic one that I'm gonna forget after I hear it is how how does the artist uh, how do they layer and how do they how do they Add and take away and bring back those layers. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because so, with yeah with electronic music,s particularly down tempo uh, and IDM, like you said, uh, it can become very formulaic to where you can almost predict what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, like they're going to build up the en- song. I they're going to add that. these layers, and then they're gonna they're gonna pull away. They're gonna take away the drum beat. And yeah. um
0: if, if you listen to enough of it, you can know you know when to expect it. Like, okay, they took it away and I guarantee you they're gonna bring it back, uh and it's probably gonna be right here. Up oh, there it is. Yep. The difference between that kind of generic formulaic and a really exceptional down tempo artist and track is how they do it, how they bring it back, you know. And how they build the anticipation to bring it back. So anyway, this song, I think he, he, he brings the drums back, um, in a way that really pays off in my opinion, because there's a bunch of layers that he's adding back on when the drums get introduced back. Uh, and it really kind of, it's definitely the uh, climax of the song for sure. Um, but anyway, let's just play it. Um, Cause I'm, I'm not going to describe it as well as, as the actual song, but, uh, this is, this is one of my favorite taiko moments in, uh, to date. So without further ado. you you can't see me from here but i got i got goosebumps friend
1: no i can see him dude you can see him yeah i can see him
0: that that moment impacts me in the same way every time i hear it when those drums come back uh he's got sort of this swell of of uh this other layer that he adds on this these the synth uh pad thing that he's doing yeah, and he adds like I that
1: said, he adds that acoustic, that super simple acoustic line. Yeah, during, when those drums the bridge pull when out. the
0: drums are taking Yeah, that's right. He adds. Yeah, see again. You know, it's all about what are you taking away and what are you putting on, as far as layers are concerned. And then, when you bring back the layer that you took away, how are you bringing it back? And are you doing anything different when you bring it back? And like, this song is a great example of like how uh impactful it can be when it's done right so that's it i mean that i think those are two really good examples of kind of because ours is a little bit more um upbeat Um,
1: (laughs) that's your favorite
0: I don't. Yeah, I was using upbeat to describe an Allison Chain song last week. So, whatever. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Ours is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's more. It's more playful.
1: Yeah. There you go. More playful. All right. There we go. Is is more of
0: a. Is more subdued.
1: Yeah. There you go,
0: brother. There we go. I'm using. I'm using new words to describe things here. Playful, um, and subdued. So.
1: Yeah, but. You know what? You do not listen to this episode and then just not ever listen to Tycho again. Uh, you really have to listen to his albums in their entirety to really get a feel for what Scott Hansen can do.
0: Um, QR listeners are free to do whatever the hell they want, my friend.
1: No, do as I say.
0: But I agree. You you should have very at the very least uh listen to passes prologue and and dive um i think those are passes prologue is uh a really exceptional debut album um i was just listening to it the other day it is it's different than dive i think dive it, you know it's when he started to take it more seriously um Past prologue, there's moments of, of the album that sound kind of, you can tell this is a, a guy who's experimenting with this kind of stuff for the first time. And it is, it's his, that's the, uh, it's the laptop project days of Tycho.
1: Yeah. But and if there's you. There's some great stuff on there. If you're a gear nerd, according to that interview that I read from Sound Toys, you'll pick up on just how shittily recorded it was too, apparently. I wouldn't. Well, know. that's funny
0: because I sure as hell can't tell. Yeah. I, you know, I probably have, I probably have a repressing. I think I have a repressing of it. So it's probably like remastered. Re- yeah. Yeah.
1: Out. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah, exactly. So it's a it, past this prologue is Scott Hansen fucking around on his laptop when he was bedridden. Yeah.
0: In a, in a really, f- in a really uh, impressive way. You know, I mean, I wish I could fuck around my laptop like that. But, um,
1: it really is but a great but, album all the way through. I love there's so many yeah. songs on there that that I really adore.
0: Yeah, and the song that 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 was paired up with Adrift as the um the single from home is actually a a really good uh it's paired up really well with Adrift. That's probably why he he re- he released them together. They're really they sound really cohesive together. Those two tracks are really really good. I think so anyway. my
1: favorite song from Pastis Prologue is a circular Reeducation.
0: Does that have sort of the vocal sample? Yes. Or yes. Is that the? Uh, let me just play it on my earbuds.
1: It's track seven.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Prologue. Yeah, that's good. That, that sample almost sounds to me like that Tosca song. Um, what's that Tosca song on? uh On uh, just save that for Suzuki. when we do a
1: Tosca episode, man.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna do Suzuki at some point, which is a Tosca's a really exceptional down tempo band.
1: Tosca's our group. introduction to town tempo, man, and we
0: absolutely and
1: we discovered down together, and we're, we'll get into that on that episode.
0: Yeah, that'll be good because yeah, man. that was a uh, that was a uh, interesting moment in your life for sure.
1: Absolutely, those were good times, yeah, brother, that'll be,
0: dude. That'll be a good... You saved my life, man. That's a good anecdote. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's if a little anticlimactic, t- but that's all right. I'll take credit for that. I'll take credit for that. Um, yeah. So that'll be, a, that'll be a great episode, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So...
1: So, yeah. That, so that's it for this week. That is our take on Tycho's 2011 album, Dive.
0: Yes. Uh, go ahead and listen to it. Um, because... We barely scratched the surface. We only played you two songs there. I mean, so you you heard a snippet of the title track, "Dive." Uh, that was the song that the the intro song that played us in. Um, but yeah, you you really got to hear it to 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 get the full experience. And you shouldn't stop there. You should go back and listen to some of his earlier work, and then listen to some of his new stuff. And you can really see like how much he has. Uh, grown as a musician but how impressive it is that, that um he has really like like he he, fi- he figured out what the Tycho sound was back in in 2008 or earlier and has just slowly just perfected it and just built ever since then built on i mean how the many how many bands can say that you know what i mean that well they,
1: let's go yeah. ahead and just preview what we're doing next because this is a band that I feel like kind of lost their way probably because of record label influence and all that jazz. Um, So next week we're going to do an episode on Kings of Leon's debut album, Youth and Young Manhood, which came out in the early 2000s.
0: I cannot wait. 2003. So we were, dude, and we and we yeah, we we're, we're tell the in whole high school, story. Dude. Yeah, I can't believe that, man. Because <laughs> this was not a band this was not a band that we stumbled upon later. Like we were there at the origin. Yeah. Uh so yeah, we'll get into all that.
1: Yeah, I'm really on. excited about that one. Um Yeah. I feel like at this point everyone knows who Kings of Leon is. Uh, it, and if you don't be-
0: know who they are, you've heard you've heard one of their mega singles because there there was <laughs> It's almost a,
1: a guarantee a time, that you've heard a Kings of Leon song by now. Almost guaranteed. Yeah.
0: There, there was a time like twenty ten, two thousand eight, where where they had a couple of uh, tracks that were blasted on the radio. On, they were everywhere. every 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 uh, hit radio station was playing uh, one of their singles,
1: and for good reason, uh, man. Those songs were are, sure they're dude, great. They, songs. they
0: know how to write catchy songs, man. That's what makes them great. But we fell in love with the different Kings of Leon.
1: Yeah. That's all, all we're right. gonna say. With, say no more, yeah, brother. Exactly. Okay. Say no more.
0: So all uh, right. and I think so, we've
1: already got an idea of what our bonus episode is gonna be for Tycho. I won't say which song, but we're gonna we're gonna kinda dive into one of his remixes that he did. Maybe we'll pick another song to do with that. But yeah.
0: That should be good. But yeah, our uh yeah, Quentin is talking about our uh our midweek little mini short episodes that we release that we're calling we're going to start to call them side tracks. Uh, basically we just dive into one track, any track, as long as we can somehow tie it to the band or the album or the decade or the genre that we covered on the previous episode. So,
1: just a little something to get you through that that midweek hump when you're like just itching for another no filler podcast. That's right, Q. All right. So, yeah. Uh, That's a wrap, friends.
0: So, at the end of every episode, we close out with a song from an artist that was an inspiration to the band that we're talking about. It doesn't have to be the entire band, it could just be one of the members who mentioned them as an influence or, or what have you. So, for Tycho. he mentioned in an interview uh, he was asked he, he, he was asked what is your most favorite remix that you've made for somebody else and this was in the interview that Ear Milk did and he said that he uh, when he remixed Little Man uh, for Little Dragon uh, he said that they're one of his favorite bands and he went on to say when asked uh, is there an artist in any media that you would like to work with uh, he mentions Yukimi Najana, which is the lead singer of, of Little Dragon. He says he loves her voice. Uh, he's worked with her a couple times, so he wants to work with her again. Either way, it's obvious that he loves these guys. Um, they probably influenced him in some way or another. So we're going to play a track off of their... Here's when you're going to cut this up to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about. It
1: had to be... At least 2009 when this album came out. And let me tell you why I know this, dude. And this is trippy as fuck. Okay. Um, you know how Facebook gives you...
0: Here's what happened oh. however many years ago today. Here's a memory that you should share. Here's a mem
1: yeah. Uh, today, November 21st, eight years ago, I posted a Facebook status that said... Machine dreams. That's all it said. Wait a minute. Because I like to be obscure and shit back then. Um, So yeah, November 21st, 2009. My status for that day on Facebook was the name of Little Dragon's album, Machine Dreams. And when did that come out, Travis?
0: Yeah, 2009, dude. That's okay. That's crazy. You're telling me right now, dude, that eight years ago to the day you posted on your wall. About Machine Dreams.
1: That is correct.
0: What November twenty first, two thousand
1: nine, at eleven sixteen a.m.
0: Holy my shit! My Facebook
1: status said Machine Dreams.
0: Oh my! There is a god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, dude?
0: No, that's crazy. Because here we are, dude. Eight years later, I know. We're about to play a clip from Machine Dreams. It came out in two thousand nine. It was their second full full length album. By a band called Little Dragon, uh, Scott Hansen loves them. He he wants to work with them again.
1: Yeah, I might be going to church on Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a quinky dink. You know what I mean? If I've ever heard of I one, I
1: do know what you mean. So
0: I would go out and buy a fucking lottery ticket if I were you, dude. Do they do that up in up in Washington?
1: Yeah, they do. And guess what? You guys are probably gonna hear my fucking cat Hitch meowing at the door, saying, "Where's my food?" And I'm going to say, brother, I already fed you earlier today.
0: All right, hear him. That's fine, dude, because we heard my cat in the last episode. So they're just making their weekly appearance.
1: Well, he's not getting food. That's all I'm saying.
0: You know what? You got to lay down the law sometimes.
1: So the song that we decided to play, uh, to play our outro, uh, it's a song called Feather off of Little, uh, off of Little Dragons. 2009 release, Machine Dreams. That's my favorite song on the album.
0: Yeah, it's a cool track, man.
1: It's cool. I love the drum beat. I love the vibes. It's super mellow yeah.
0: and Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All right. So that's that'll do it. Um look look uh look in your your podcast feeds uh midweek. Uh we should have a a side track episode dropping for you. And uh that's it. Stay tuned. Next week we'll do uh, Kings of Convenience. Oh shit, Kings of <laughs> <laughs> Kings of Leon's. That's all right, dude. I knew that was convenient. gonna
1: happen at least once. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to make sure we don't say that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, next week we're gonna cover Kings of Leon's debut album, Youth and Young Manhood. Uh, that's gonna be a doozy. I can't wait episode, for that. So. I
1: can't wait.
0: Yeah. All right. Here we go. We're uh, we're gonna play out with uh, Feather by. Little dragon. My name is Travis.
1: And I'm Quentin. See you next time.
0: And there you have it. That was our look at Tycho's 2011 record, Dive. And next week, we're going to go back to 1997 and talk about Daft Punk's very first record, Homework. And then we're going to have a a sidetrack on on Daft Punk the following week, and that'll be it. No more electronic music, at least for the time being. And we're going to shake things up just a little bit with how we're going to approach our episodes going forward, and we'll give you guys more details about that next week once Quentin's back on the mic with me. And until then, check us out on the Pantheon Music Network. That's uh, pantheonpodcast.com. You can also find this on nofillerpodcast.com, where you will find show notes for each episode, including track lists and any articles or interviews that we may have referenced on that episode. And that'll do it. Again, my name is Travis. Next week, we're going to talk about Daft Punk. Until then, take care.